Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But then following in chapter 5, and we'll look at this, we don't have to spend a great deal on this because it's, it's a song, but I think as we read it, you'll see uh, some interesting things. And many of the great victories of the children of Israel, we know that there are songs attached to it. We saw this when uh, Moses and the children of Israel came through the Red Sea. Remember that Miriam and Moses, they wrote a song, and it's recorded in Exodus 15. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Pastor Rob finalizes this series of teachings with summarizing chapter 5 of the book of Judges, which is a victory song of Deborah. This song is commonly attributed only to Deborah. Barak's role in the composition and perhaps performance of the song is often overlooked. Let's remember that leadership is important in any endeavor, and especially in the work of God. God expects leaders among his people to actually lead. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. JL means mountain goat. And so, so Sisera fled away on foot to the tent. And it was very customary for people to be very hospitable, but it's very unusual um, for a man to go into another man's tent, another, a, a man's tent where his wife is in there. So that kind of explained how comfortable uh, and how at peace these the, this people was the the J R Heber the Kenite and his wife because they were uh, really uh, simpatico if you will with Sisera and uh, the king of Hazor, but so J L went out to meet Sisera. So now he's he's fled from the battle, which is pretty shameful, and now he's going to come and he's going to be in the tent of uh, of a woman. So Jael went out to meet Sisera, and she said, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. And then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So instead of giving him water, she does an even greater thing in in, in appeasing him. And so his defenses are completely coming down because he's exhausted He's exhausted, he's thirsty, so not only is she covering him and speaking softly to him, but instead of giving him water, she's giving him milk. And you know what a nice cold glass of milk does for you at nighttime or before you're, while you're tired, it just puts you right to sleep. And that's exactly what happens to Sisera. And so J.L., Haber's wife, she took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him. And you can imagine him all cuddled up and he's got the blanket underneath his head here and he's resting and he's got his tummy full of milk. And 
and she takes that tent peg and she sticks it and kind of puts it right over the top of his head and then hits that hammer. And and just so you know, it was the women's job, believe it and believe it or not, in this culture, for them to put up the tent. So this was not something. Having a tent peg and a hammer is not something that was unusual for her. She knew how to use these tools because it was the woman's responsibility, believe it or not, to put up the tent. So she was very comfortable with this. So she drives this this tent peg through his temple and fastens it into the ground because he was fast asleep and so he died. And so do you see how this verse really was uh, the fulfillment of what Deborah had said previously in verse 14, For this day which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand, has not the Lord, Lord gone out before you? And, and so he tells, she told uh, Barak earlier that this is what God was going to do, that he was going to sell Sisera into the hand of a woman, and that woman was Jael. It wasn't Deborah, it was Jael. And so then as Barak uh, pursued Sisera, Jael, came out of the tent to meet him. So she had this wonderful change of heart, and she realized that if this guy's fleeing from the, 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 the armies of Israel, her heart was probably like, we better be on the right side here, because they, they really should have been on the Israelite side, but they found themselves in some kind of, excuse me, interesting relationship with the king of, of, of Canaan, this uh, Jabin, king of Hazor. And, and so now when she sees... Sisera coming and fleeing, she's thinking to herself, the, the tide has changed. And so, for whatever reason, instead of being um, abetting the enemy, now she's putting the enemy to death and thus being a victor, really, in this whole uh, thing. So, on that day, verse 23, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they ultimately destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. And so what a wonderful event you know, that has occurred in, in God being faithful to his word that he would uh, deliver uh, Sisera into the hand of a woman. And, and through Deborah's direction and her faith, and Jabin were in his armies. They were just the men to execute the decision. But then following in chapter 5, and we'll look at this, we don't have to spend a great deal on this because it's, it's a song. But I think as we read it, you'll see uh, some interesting things. And many of the great victories of the children of Israel, we know that there are songs attached to it. We saw this when uh, Moses and the children of Israel came through the Red Sea. Remember that Miriam and Moses, they wrote a song, and it's recorded in Exodus 15. And also David's deliverance from Psalm. You remember when finally uh, Saul was defeated, when he w- was killed, and uh, David was no longer being hunted by Saul, that David wrote Psalm 18. And so we see these great songs of victory all throughout the Bible, and this is one of them. And so let's read the song. And uh, we'll comment on a few things as we go along here. So it says, Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day. So here they are. I I wonder uh, whether they sang a duet, you know, whether it was like Beauty and the Beast. You know, uh, Beauty and the Beast. You guys are probably laughing, right? Or maybe not. Uh, So, But notice the order uh, of the names here. It's not Barak and Deborah. The song is Deborah and Barak. 
So Deborah really is the one that God had filled with faith and a heart of, of zeal for the Lord. And so it says, Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Ahinoam, Abinoam, excuse me, sang on that day. And it says, When the leaders lead in Israel, when the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, and give ear, O princes. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will sing praise to the Lord God of Israel. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured, and the clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord, this Sinai before the, the God of Israel. And so they're really speaking of, of, of history in Israel's history, they're speaking of some events in that. And so finally in verse 6, In the days of Shamgar, which we know was right, be, right, before, right before Deborah, the days of Shamgar that were about 20 years prior to the moment that we're reading about right now. And so let's go on here. It says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, this is the woman who put the tent peg. The highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Verse 7, village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. Notice it's not I, Barak, or Barak, rose. It's until I, Deborah, arose. And again, I don't think Deborah is tooting her own horn. She's boasting of the faith in God, but it's not, a fa- it's not something uh, she knew in herself that she wasn't worthy to be boasted of. But she's just telling the truth. She's just telling the truth. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose. And I arose a mother in Israel. That's really the way she saw herself. And I, I love that because that's really where she saw herself, a mother in Israel. And, you know, more than a prophetess, more than um, a judge of, of Israel, she saw herself as a mother, someone to nurture and to encourage and to strengthen when they were weak And what a wonderful woman. We'll see her in in glory one day. And so it goes on and it says, They chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. And my heart is with the rulers of Israel, who offered themselves willingly with the people. Bless the Lord. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys. These are rulers who sit in judges' attire and who walk along the road. Far from the noise of the archers among the watering places, there they shall recount the righteous acts of the Lord, the righteous acts for his villagers in Israel. And then the people of the Lord shall go down to the gates. And notice in verse 12, Awake, awake, O Barak. No, it's awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak. He's always number two in this song. Do you ever notice that? Uh, And again, if if Deborah had her heart, uh, her will accomplished, and if God had his will accomplished, it would have been Barak. Uh, But but, but it's Deborah. And praise the Lord for Deborah. She was a a godly, faithful woman. Awake, awake, sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, O son of Abinoam. Then the survivors came down, and the people against the nobles. And the Lord came down for me against the mighty. Uh, From Ephraim, where those whose roots were in Amalek. After you, Benjamin, with your peoples. From Machir, rulers came down. And from Zebulun, those who bear the recruiter's staff. And the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As Issachar, so was Barak. Sent into the valley under his command. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. 
Where did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the pipings for the flocks? The divisions of Reuben have great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed behind stayed beyond the Jordan, and why did Dan remain on ships? Asher continued at the seashore and stayed in his inlets. Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their lives to the point of death, and Naphtali also on the heights of the battlefield. And so you see her uh, in the the song, Barak and Deborah, speaking of the tribes of Israel. Some of them came to the aid of Barak in this battle against Jabin, uh, the king of Hazor, and those other Canaanites. Some of the tribes came to their aid, but there were others that aren't mentioned, and we don't really know why they're not mentioned. Uh, perhaps they didn't want to be bothered. Uh, one of the things we have to remember in, in the book of Judges is that there were skirmishes in different areas, and sometimes the judges were battling, and sometimes they overlapped one another, and they had um, things going on at the same time. It wasn't always like you know, the judge judged judge for 40 years and then the Lord delivered the hand of this king into their hand and then they had rest for 40 years and then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. It, it does say that, but sometimes there's an overlap. And so there wasn't any centralized king over the whole thing. It was just like pockets of Israelites trying to get whoever one of the tribes could help them to vanquish an enemy that they had in their land, in their area. And that's kind of the way it was. So, verse 19, the kings came and they fought, and then the kings of Canaan fought. And Taanach, by the waters of Megiddo, they took no spoils of silver. They fought from the heavens, and the stars from their courses fought against Sisera. And this this really speaks of God's help that he would provide the children of Israel. You know, when, when it says that the stars from their courses fought against Sisera, the very heavens, the very clouds, the water that came down and really discomfited uh, Sisera and his 900 chariots of proud steel or proud iron, uh, God was the one who did that. God was the one who did that. And we see the very same thing happening in back in Joshua, in Joshua chapter 10. Remember the long day of Joshua when they went uh, against their enemies and the Lord allowed the, the sun to remain in the sky for an entire day, giving them time to clean up this mess and to vanquish the enemy. God did that. That was something that God did that certainly Joshua didn't know. He couldn't make that happen. There's no human being that can can alter the forces of nature. How are you going to do that? You know, there's nothing that you, you can't you can't stop a tornado. You can't stop a hurricane. You know, how do you stop these things? You have to prepare and get out of the way. And so these things are in the hands of God, or if God allows uh, the prince of the power of the air, he can do those things if God allows him. But anyway, notice what happens in verse 21. So go back to verse 20, excuse me. They fought from the heavens. The stars from their courses fought against Sisera. Notice this, the torrent of Kishon swept them away. That ancient torrent, the torrent of Kishon, O my soul, march on in strength. Again, the Kishon at this time was running raging a raging river because of the rain and because of that little rut where the where the stream was anyway and then you fast forward now you fast forward a, a, a few hundred years where now you've got Elijah facing off and going down to that very same river the river Kishon and and slaughtering the 450 prophets of Baal and then seeing it today is almost un- un- unusual because there's a there's a series of buildings right before and right behind those buildings is this little dry riverbed that used that's called the Kishon, and so there it is today. 
It was interesting to see. But at this time, it was running rampant and it was full. And so, then the horses, verse 22, their, their hooves pounded, the galloping, galloping of his steeds. So now, you know, they're, they're in there, this water's coming down, and so they're just recounting in song what happened in that battle, how God had just caused it to rain, the, the river's overflowing, the chariots are stuck, the horses are trying to get their hooves going, and they're, they're slipping and sliding. And then he says in verse 23, Curse Marrows, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its inhabitants bitterly. So this is a town called Marrows, which no one really knows where this town is. But there's a town that God was very unhappy with because, here it is, because they did not come to the help of the Lord. Not that the Lord needed help, but there's something that God delights in when he is in a battle and he engages you to be a part of it. If you respond and say, I'm not going to be involved in this. Lord, you do it. God will always raise up somebody else to do it. And you're the one who misses out on the victory. But here's the cool thing. When when it's the Lord's battle, He does something great and you're along with it. Guess what? You take in the victory of that too. And there's a wonderful feeling when you do something for the Lord and it's successful. And when God does something really wonderful and you're a part of that, there's nothing greater. There's a great feeling about that. Just to know that, hey, you know what? I may have been the only the water boy. I may have been the I may I may have been the young man with a towel wiping the forehead of the general, but I did my part. And God rewards us equally. That's just the way he does it. And I love that. I love that. Because they did not come to the help of the Lord to help to to the help of the Lord against the mighty. Again, God doesn't need anyone's help, but he delights it. He delights when his people come to his aid because the victory is even swifter, it's even greater. Who gets the reward? Who gets the who gets the glory? The Lord does. So, verse 24, most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. Wow, can you imagine her forearm? You know, maybe her forearm was you know, like this as she, you know, was used to driving those tent nails in. Uh, I bet her husband respected her, you know, was very careful around her. He asked for water, so recounting the event. Sisera asked her for water. She gave milk. She brought out cream in a lordly bowl. She stretched her hand at the tent peg, her right hand, to the worker's hammer, and she pounded Sisera. I like that. She pounded him. She pierced his head. She split and struck through his temple. How much more pictorial and visual can we get? And, her, and, and, and at her feet, he sank. He fell. He laid still. At her feet, he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. And he, it, it sounds like a song, doesn't it? And then in verse 28 through 30, we're almost done here. This is interesting because uh, verses 28 through 30 really represent the hope and the longing of Sisera's mother. Because as, she, as the day is dawning, or as the day is ending, actually, She's expecting her son, sister, to come home. She's expecting him to come home and the horses to be galloping. And so in her mind, she's thinking he's delaying. There must have been a reason for this. So the mother of Sisera looked through the window and she cried out through the lattice, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarries the clatter of his chariot? So she's expecting him and he's not coming yet. But then she, her wisest ladies answered her and, she, and yes, she answered herself. And so they're thinking, why is he delayed? Ah, I know why they're delayed. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? 
And and in her mind, she's thinking, my son has been victorious in battle. Right now, they're dividing spoil. And notice, to every man, a girl or two. Because as you know, in those times, because they were pagan, uh, men of the armies, as they raided these villages, they would often rape the young girls. And so she's thinking, well, maybe he's enjoying a girl or two. For Sisera, plunder of dyed garments. Plunder of garments embroidered and dyed. Maybe he's going through the plunder and looking at all the stuff he's going to bring home to Mama. You know, Maybe that's what he's doing. Two pieces of dyed embroidery for the neck of the looter. And then finally the, the song ends. And this is really the blessedness of the believer and the fate of the wicked in this verse. It says, Thus, let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. So the land had rest for 40 years, for 40 years. So, you know, this, these, ver- these chapters, verses, uh, excuse me, chapters 4 and 5 really just sum up the, the battle and the song that Barak and Deborah had sung. And what a great victory. But, you know, there's always that, that lesson here uh, for us guys to, to really take up uh, th- that authority that God has given us. Um, not in um, bravado and and certainly not by uh, coercion or or by some kind of uh, brutality. Um, you see that in some cultures and it's not good and no wonder the women don't respect their husbands you know but lovingly respecting it, it, it and, and, and loving it, it has a way of changing the heart of people and especially a, 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 a man's attitude toward his wife. You know, if he's really a spiritual man and loving her and treating her with respect and he's doing what he should be doing, she'll gladly submit to him. And so, guys, that, that's, that's a challenge for us. You know, let, let's be those men. Let's be those men that, when, that we're listening to the Lord. Our ear is close to his voice. And we're willing to do whatever he wants. And we're willing to lead our homes and our families. And, 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 and wives, you know... Be willing to submit to your husbands, even when he does wrong things. And so these things are important for us to do. That, that's what the whole admonishment that we have in, in 2 Timothy um, is Paul exhorting the men to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And then he exhorts the women, women, uh, love your husbands and, and submit yourselves to your own husbands. And so these things are important. But what a what a wonderful event in Israel's history. And so next uh, time we get together, we're going to be looking at the fourth period. We just looked at the third period in the Judges. Next week, we'll look at the fourth period where it talks about the Midianites, and we'll certainly get into uh, Gideon, and that's going to last us for a couple of a couple of chapters. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, and we pray that, God, you would encourage our hearts. Just strengthen us tonight. Lord, help us men uh, Lord, to be those men that you've created us to be, to be the heads of our homes, to be the heads in our communities. Lord, to be, to be heads in, in the church, Lord, to be men uh, of honor, Lord, to, uh, to be willing to take a hard look at our own selves. Lord, to be men that you'd be proud to be, to use, Father, in this time in history. Lord, help the men, help us all, Father, to rise and to do what you've called us to do. And Lord, I pray for the ladies. Lord, thank you so much for them, God. Thank you for their support. Thank you for their loving words and their kindness, Father. And and thank you for their enablements, Lord. Such intelligent 
and and wonderful in so many different ways, God. It's it's wonderful how you've made man and woman, Lord, and husband and wife, Lord, such a wonderful pair, Lord. Such a great thing that you have done in the lives of, of, of each one of us, Lord. And so have your way with us in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Judges. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.